If you would this morning, uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis. You know, um, <clears throat> in the very first chapter of the book of Genesis, the very first book in the Bible, uh, the word blessing is used. And then some 399 more times throughout just the book of Genesis. <laughs> I, I mean, it's very clear <clears throat> from the very beginning of God's word that he created us in his image in order to bless us, and that we, and that we might be a blessing to others, plain and simple, plain and simple. Now, to all of you, to all of us who are both parents and grandparents this morning, let me say this right off the bat, that next to leading your child to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives, the most important thing that you can do for them is to give them your blessing, your blessing. Again, plain and simple. Now, you say, well, Hess, that sounds pretty vague. What, what do you mean to bless them? Do you mean you know, give them money, you know, give them a college education fund? I mean, you know, say bless you after they sneeze. Well, what do you mean by blessing them? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to look <clears throat> in God's Word at the original concept of blessing in the, in the Bible, and then look at, at what it means for us today out of that context, for our children and for our grandchildren. Now, if you want to take a, a deep dive into this subject, I, I want to encourage you to take a look. It's a book that's been around for a long time. There are new editions. There's actually some other books uh, that, that have sort of spun off from it. Uh, that's called The Blessing by John Trent and the late Gary Smalley, a wonderful book. Uh, so again, I, I encourage you to get that book and, and read that, again, if you'd like to take a little bit deeper dive into this subject. Well, last winter uh, and spring, we, we looked at uh, we took a walk with one of the great heroes of the Bible, Abraham, and we walked with him in his journey of faith. And you remember after such a long, long time, uh, he was 100 years old when he and Sarah, when Sarah gave birth to their son, Isaac. And then Isaac eventually married a woman named Rebecca. Wonderful story there in the book of Genesis as well. And uh, th that's the good part of their story. <laughs> and Isaac and Rebekah gave birth to twin boys. We read about that in Genesis 25, verses 24 and 26. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out. 
with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. Now, interesting names for these twin boys. Esau, the name means hairy. <laughs> I mean, how, poor kid, you know, being named for his, his worst physical trait. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. We, you know, when we see newborn babies, people are funny, aren't they? I mean, all newborn babies are ugly, aren't they? And, uh, but, but yet, you know, you can imagine one of Isaac and Rebecca's friends seeing Esau and saying, Oh, oh, <laughs> oh what a precious baby. What's his name? Furball. <laughs> uh, they named him Esau. They named him Harry. They named him Furball. And, uh, and little Jacob wasn't much better. His name means heel grabber. Now, <clears throat> if you <clears throat> are imagining that those names are a foreshadowing of some significant dysfunction in the family, let me assure you, you are imagining correctly. Verse 27. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was a quiet man, staying among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. <laughs> now, if you want to create major family dysfunction, then, then kick it off just like this. You know, play favorites. And then withhold your affection from those that are not your favorites in the family. It, it was like Esau was the, a skilled athlete in, in a family, you know, where, where the, the father idolized sports. And, and everything that Esau did fed into Isaac's ego. But Jacob, on the other hand, was this quiet, reflective homeboy. I mean, he was a mama's boy. And, and Mama Rebecca loved that. But I'm sure it must have irritated the fool out of his father Isaac. And it's not like Jacob didn't notice that his father favored Esau, right? I mean, and that had to, with Esau, particularly with Jacob's personality, that had to have generated all kinds of feelings of inadequacy and lack of acceptance that he just internalized. He grew up knowing, knowing that he could never have a chance for his father's approval in his father's eyes. But the story gets worse. <clears throat> Chapter 27, verse 1. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his, el his older son, and said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your weapons, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and, and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Well, what's Isaac doing here? He's making plans here to give Esau what was the customary blessing in that culture. Now, it was a huge thing in that culture. It was supposed to be given to every child in the family, but to the firstborn, there were some additional privileges. The firstborn was given twice as much of an inheritance as the other children. The firstborn was also designated to lead the family after the father had passed away. And one of the unique things also about the blessing, and this is important for this story to understand, is that <clears throat> once it was spoken, it was irrevocable. In other words, he couldn't say, oh, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, I take that back, I take that back. That, that could not be done. It was an irrevocable blessing. But 
as we read that a moment ago, it appears that there's something else that's at play here in this story because it almost seems like that, I, that Isaac is planning to bless Esau and only Esau. And he's not telling anybody else about it. However, guess who is eavesdropping at the tent door? <laughs> Mama Rebecca is eavesdropping. Now, obviously, she could, when she, when she hears this taking place, she could have marched right into Isaac and addressed the whole situation right then and there. But no, that was not dysfunctional enough. <laughs> and so, she chooses to come up with her own scheme in order to try to deceive her husband and get her favorite Jacob blessed instead. The story continues in verse 8 as Rebecca now shares the plan with Jacob. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and, and bring me two choice young goats so that I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his name before he dies. Well, Jacob said to Rebekah's mother, but, but my brother Esau is a hairy man and I'm a man with smooth skin. What if my father touches me? It would appear that I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than blessing. His mother said to him, my son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. <laughs> I mean, nothing is going to stop mama bear here, right? Verse 14, so he went and got them and brought them to his mother and she prepared some tasty food just the way his father liked it. Then Rebekah took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had in the house, and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with the goatskins. Then she handed to her son, Jacob, the tasty food and the bread she had made. Now, the story is told in such a way that, that, that you can really begin to feel the tension starting to build because if they're going to pull this off, they've got to get this done before Esau returns, right? So we continue in verse 18. He went to his father and said, my father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who, who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. And he's probably wanting to add, very frankly, he's probably wanting to add, your favorite, you know, you remember her? <laughs> I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, how did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord, your God, gave me success. It's almost like another little slight subtlety here. He says, the Lord, your God, not the Lord, my God. It's as though the faith of Isaac had not been passed along to Jacob. Verse 21. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come near so that I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he blessed him. Are you really my son Esau, he asked. I am, he replied. Then he said, my son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. Well, Jacob brought it to him, and he ate. And he brought some wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him. The plan, the deception is successful. 
Isaac gives Jacob the irrevocable blessing that was intended for Esau. And as soon as he is done, <laughs> Jacob is out of there. And, and no sooner had Jacob stepped out the door than Esau comes bursting into the room with his wild game, and he's, he's prepared it, and he believes that this is going to be one of the most significant moments in his life to, death, to date, and that is the, the moment that he receives the blessing from his father. Well, it takes a moment, but Isaac suddenly realizes what has happened, and he practically goes into convulsions of anger and grief at this point. And it also becomes, and, and as soon as it becomes clear to Esau as well what has happened, I mean, he is completely beside himself. In verse 34, Esau cries out, bless me, me too, my father. And then again in verse 38, do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. Shortly after this, Esau also swears to himself, apparently out loud, because others in the household hear him say this to himself, that he is going to kill Jacob just as soon as his father has passed away. Well, as soon as Mama Bear Rebecca <laughs> hears about that, she sends Jacob off in a hurry to go and live with her brother Laban to hide out there, which turns out, turns into about 20 years that he's gone. So what is it? I mean, what is it that has reduced such a man's man like Esau to weep and wail and swear with such drastic revenge? It's the failure to receive the blessing from his father. And what is it? What is it that persuaded another man to lie and deceive in the very worst kind of way? It's the exact same thing. Exact same thing, the failure to receive a blessing from his father. Dads, moms, again, as I said when we began, next to knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the most significant thing that you can do for your children is to bless them, to bless them. Again, I'm not talking about financial inheritance or who gets to call the shots in the family. But what we're talking about here as we bring this into our day is something that is intensely personal. Something that goes to the very emotional core and well-being of every child. Every child. Let's define it like this. The blessing. A child is blessed when they experience such affirmation and acceptance from their parents that the child can then walk both in the present and into the future with a confidence, a sense of confidence, a strong sense of confidence, and emotional freedom and security as they seek to fulfill God's purpose in their lives. Well, Isaac of course, didn't realize he was speaking the words of blessing over Jacob instead of Esau. But here are the words that he spoke. Chapter 27, verse 27. So he went to him, remember he invited Jacob to come and kiss him. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of heaven's dew and of earth's richness an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. 
Be Lord over your brothers, and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. Now, <clears throat> as Trent and Smalley observed, there are five elements reflected in this story for us of the blessing. When a child experiences these five elements, their chance of emotional, healthy growth and well-being is exponentially increased, exponentially. The first element of a blessing, meaningful touch, meaningful touch. Verse 26 again, then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. Meaningful touch. It's critical. There was a study done by UCLA a few years back in which they determined that those children who received as many as 10 meaningful touches a day live longer than those who didn't, <laughs> plain and simple. In the Gospels, when you look at the, at the stories about Jesus Christ and his ministry and, and his healing opportunities that, that he had, <clears throat> in Luke chapter 18, verse 15, it talks about when Jesus blessed the children. It says, one day some parents brought their little children to Jesus so that he could touch them and bless them. As part of that blessing, as, God, as Mark tells that same story, he tells us that Jesus took the children into his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. He always blessed people with his touch. In most every healing that Jesus performed, it always involved touching the person, even lepers, even lepers. Children need to be touched. Children need to be hugged. They need our physical expressions of affection. Now, in this day of such perversion that we seem like to hear about every other day, it sounds like, or every day it seems like, um, I think we as parents can sometimes get a little gimped up about this, right? But dads, please know that your little girls need your meaningful touch, need your appropriate expressions of physical affection in their lives just as much as they need it from their mom, just as much. In fact, when they become teenagers, one of the reasons why they may go seek that inappropriate physical affection from some knucklehead boy <laughs> is because you failed to give that to them when they needed it the most. Give them your physical affection. And don't quit hugging your boys. <laughs> you know, boys still sometimes go through that awkward stage where hugging a parent just doesn't seem like the manly thing to do, right? And so, you know, they go through, they kind of back off, so on and so forth. Well, well, make it a spoken family priority from the outset that this is going to be a family that hugs. We are going to hug. You know, if you're taking them to drop them off at school, you know, hug them a few blocks away before you drop them off or something, but hug them. Now, you know, they, you may go through a period of time when they don't, get the, they don't give you the kind of hug back that you'd like to get, but that's okay. Just keep on hugging. That's okay. They'll get beyond that. Keep on hugging. Well, the second element of blessing, spoken words of affirmation. Spoken words of affirmation, 20, chapter 27, verse 27. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. I remember the old expression, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. <laughs> That's a bunch of stuff, isn't it? That's a bunch of stuff. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
We bless our children when we speak life-giving words into their minds and hearts. Words of encouragement, words of affirmation. I, I have an extended family member uh, who to this very day struggles with emotional connection because as he grew up, he never heard the words, I love you, from either his father or his mother. Never heard, I love you. Now, be careful at this point <laughs> not to set yourself up from disappointment. And, and this is what I mean. You can't expect each of your children to respond in the same way to your words of affirmation. Just can't expect it. I was uh, going back through some old notes and, and came across an uh, uh, incident that happened with my <clears throat> two oldest daughters, uh, their, their baby sister, the third daughter, uh, was just a, still an infant at this time. And the two, two oldest girls, probably about five and three, were uh, sharing a bedroom together. <clears throat> and uh, I, I had just been studying this concept of, of blessing, and, and I went into their room to tell them good night on, on, the, on this particular occasion. I, I was determined to bless them to bless them, be the father who blessed them. And so I went to the oldest little girl, the five-year-old, and, and I took her in my arms and gave her a big hug and said, oh, sweetheart, I love you so much. It is such a privilege to be your daddy. I am so, so proud of you. You're the wonderful little girl. And, and then she looked up at me and said, Daddy, I love you. I love you. And then I went to the, the, the three-year-old, and, and I, I gave her a big hug and kiss and, and told her how much I loved her and what an awesome privilege it was to be her father and how proud I was of her and what a precious little girl she was. And she listened intently, and then she looked up at me and she said, Daddy, what's that hanging out your nose? <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, now, let me ask you, did my words of affirmation mean anything less to her than it did to her big sister? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Every child is wired differently and is going to respond outwardly in a different way, but their hearts are equally needy, equally needy. You still make the same impact on the inside regardless of their outward response. Always remember that the words you speak are for them. They're not for you. They are for them, regardless of whatever their response might be, regardless if you don't get some kind of immediate gratification from the kind of response they give you. They are for your child's long-term emotional well-being, plain and simple. Well, the third element of the blessing is picturing a special future, a special future. In verse 28 of chapter 27, again, Isaac said, May God give you of heaven's dew and earth's richness. It, when you picture a special future for your child, what you're doing is you're building hope into their lives, into their hearts. You're building security. You're building confidence into their hearts and minds, both for the present and for the future. You can do that in big ways and small ways. You know, there are those moments that, you know, that happen when you're, you're, you're overwhelmed with, with pride for them, and you, 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 know, you scoop them up and say, sweetheart, you're so amazing. You, you could be president someday. <laughs> you ever want that job, right? You could be president someday. Or, or you can, not just big ways, but smaller, just as meaningful ways. Things like, sweetheart, you, you have such a, a special heart for people. 
Someday God's going to use you in, in a tremendous way to bless others because of that heart that he's given you. Again, your words to your children are so, so very powerful, much more than you'd ever think, ever begin to imagine. They can be instantly, immensely positive or negative. Well, the fourth, the fourth, the fourth, the fourth element, <clears throat> attaching high value to them. Now, when Isaac blessed, he said, may the nation serve you and peoples bow down to you. Now, that's not exactly how you would express it to your children these days, right? <laughs> but this is so important. Because if the only time your children feel highly valued by you is when they perform well, they are not going to be blessed. They are not going to be blessed. You attach high value to them not because of what they do, but because of who they are, who they are. The final element of blessing is an active commitment on your part to fulfill the blessing in their lives, an active commitment. Blessing your children is more than just an occasional thing that you remember to do now and then. It's taking the responsibility on a daily basis to create the kind of environment of, of, for blessing in their lives. And one of the ways that you can do that is to pray with your children, not just to pray for your children. Obviously, you should do that, but also pray with your children. Our um, uh, daughter, Becca, the one who pointed out the thing hanging out my nose. <laughs> uh, my daughter, Becca, and her husband, Josh, pray with their soon-to-be six-year-old, Asher, uh, every morning. Just started school this past week, and they always pray that he would have the courage to always do what is right in God's sight, and that he would always have compassion for everyone around him. Now, that second part of that prayer, was, well, actually both parts of that prayer were, were severely challenged this past week when he was just out of the blue by, by a, a troubled, obviously a troubled child, uh, some kind of uh, issue that this kid has, uh, punched him in the face during recess and grabbed a ball away from him that Asher was playing with. <laughs> now, it's a good thing Nashville was so far away because uh, when my wife heard about that, I mean, she was ready to rumble <laughs> in the process. <clears throat> Again, you bless your children. You bless your grandchildren when you give them such affirmation and acceptance that they can walk both in the present and into the future with a strong sense of confidence and security and emotional freedom as they seek to fulfill God's plan for their lives. Well, I cannot let this teaching go by without paying tribute to my own parents. Uh, by the grace of God, my parents both gave me their blessing. After living in the city of Memphis for 46 years, some of you old-timers will remember this, uh, they moved here to Tulsa after we had been here uh, about a year. Uh, and so I got to spend the last three years of my father's life with them here. They became active members of our church, and, and again, so, so many of you who were with us then uh, loved and embraced them in, in such ways that, that I will be forever grateful. Well, my dad was committed to fulfill the blessing right up until the day he died. As I spoke at his memorial service almost 21 years ago, uh, this is a part of what I shared. <clears throat> Thank you.
During the seven days my dad spent in the hospital before he died, he blessed us with words that are almost too precious, too precious to share. But in doing so, he continued something he'd done his whole life with us, something which he and my mother both did. He gave us his blessing. My dad did that for me and my sisters from the time that we were very small right up until the very end of his life. Several times in the hospital this past week, in the wee hours of the morning, Daddy blessed me with words of encouragement. He's been a lifelong encourager. He had a habit of recording our lives with this old 8-millimeter camera that had this huge light bar, (laughs) which often embarrassed us, but, but he did it because he was proud of each of us and what we were doing with our lives. Well, this past week, Even as he was was dying, he made it very clear how much he believed in me and what I was doing with my life. Three different times, while he could still talk, he said to me, I'm so glad we came to Tulsa. He was happy to be a part of what God is doing here in our church. And then, in one incredible and sacred moment, one of his last lucid moments with me, two days before he died, he woke up at 4.30 Tuesday morning and asked asked the nurse to call me in the ICU waiting room. I went back to his room where we talked for a few moments while I held his hand. Then, he suddenly pulled my hand up to his cheek and prayed the most beautiful prayer for me. What turned out to be one final amazing act of blessing. My sisters and I can walk confidently both in the present and into the future because we receive the blessing from our daddy. Parents, bless your children. Grandparents, bless your grandchildren. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you, first of all, that you, our Heavenly Father, chose to bless us, that you have not only blessed us in the past, but you continue to bless us in the present, and you will continue to bless us in the future. Lord, may we not just keep that blessing unto ourselves, but may we be a people who are willing and ready to to bless others as well. Father, for those of us who had the awesome privilege of being blessed by our parents, we give you thanks. Blessed by grandparents, we give you thanks. 
Lord, I pray that you would bless those who currently parent, who currently grandparent, that you would bless them, be with them in this process of being faithful to bless their children, to create on a daily basis an environment of blessing, that truly their children will arrive at that place where they are ready to, to go out into this world and walk with a strong sense of confidence and assurance because of the affirmation and appreciation and approval they have received from mom and dad, from grandma and granddad, that they might walk confidently as they seek to fulfill God's purpose, your purpose, in their lives. Father, in, in this moment, I also pray for anyone who may be here in this room, anyone who may be listening online this morning, who has never personally come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that this would be the day of their salvation, that they would surrender to you, invite Jesus to come into their hearts. And Father, I pray for those in this room and those listening online too who never experienced the blessing of their mom, their dad, grandparents in their lives, who suffered the consequences, who suffered the pain of that lack of approval, that lack of acceptance. I pray that through you, their heavenly Father, that they might know and be encouraged and be uplifted, strengthened, be able to walk in secure confidence because of a strong sense of your blessing in their lives. Lord, may they truly know that in their heart of hearts. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.